so I have a work-related issue that I wanted to ask you about. Um, do you have snacks in your office? Like free snacks? Or Not for other machines? people, for you. Oh, do I have snacks in my office for myself? Yes. No. I mean, I have like, I have raisins. <laughs> in like the individual uh, little packets? Nope. Or in Gi- just like a, a giant Ziploc? tub. A gi- <laughs> yeah. And do I you- have apples in the community refrigerator. Right. Is the jug of raisins so big you like rest your feet on it under your desk? No, it's on the top of my like, uh, like I've got a desk with like the cabinets on top. Okay. And it's on top of that. All right. Uh, and can you like, can people it's clearly see it's raisins? Yeah, it's, but it's in the farthest it's corner clear. of my office. Okay. So. I mean, I guess someone could come in and ask for raisins, but it would be very uh, weird. So I have a few more uh, snacks than that. Uh huh. And what brought? Can what, I guess what the snacks are? Good luck. Well, no, I mean you have a really good chance because yeah. I have so many that you could probably throw out <laughs> like just okay. random stuff, and there's <laughs> sure. a good chance it's in there. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to take a shot? Oh, I'm gonna assume goldfish. Mm, no, but but it's a rotation. There's right. there's usually a goldfish have in been there. in your office. Yes, there, okay. there's usually like a cheese it right. cracker some chip combo. Mm-hmm. Okay, pretzel rods. No, I would imagine those might be a little too messy for an office. Well, it's because I pretty much exclusively eat pretzel rods with milk, <laughs> and so I'm <laughs> which not is so gross. Bringing a jug of milk it's so into gross, work. and I'm glad you yes. now opened yourself up to the scrutiny of. Or thirty listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Are we holding steady? We haven't. Lost I haven't anymore. checked. I haven't checked. Well, I think you need. To, I think we need a live update. <laughs> Although after that confession, I'm expecting a a drop. Um. So, well, what made me think about this is, I have enough snacks that will normally last me for like a month. Uh huh. But at the end of every month, I'm due up, and I will go. Stop in the morning at like a Harris Teeter. And this last time I was like bringing like three bags of groceries <laughs> into my office and I had to pass by our front desk worker. And yeah. I just got super like ashamed uh-huh. and just went faster to my office. Uh, and so tell me if this is so granted, I understand that this is probably more than the average person. But right now in my office, there is. um. A quarter of a loaf of bread. Okay. And a tub of peanut butter. Okay. Because when I forget my lunch or whatever, sometimes I just want a peanut butter and jelly. So I have the bread there, peanut butter, and then jelly in the community fridge. Okay. Uh, Next to that, I have individual single packets of raw sugar. And usually two K-cups uh, packets. Because okay. we have a K-cup machine. Right. I don't want to spend all my money uh, like a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And I'll usually buy the two-for-one deal. Whatever K-cups are two-for-one, 
That's what I'm buying. So you're buying two individual K cups. No packets. So there, there's usually so like, like a box, like a box, like okay. a box of K cups, and normally they'll have like a two for one deal. Uh-huh. So I'll always just get two to last me again. Whatever this is for like is. the month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so individual packets. So bread, peanut butter, individual packets of sugar. Usually two boxes of K cups. I'm down to one. Mm-hmm. In my drawer, I will normally have. I will normally have like a variety pack of chips. Uh-huh. If I like the individual baggies, and I will just like dump them all out in my lowest drawer, uh-huh. or like goldfish or like Cheez-Its or something, uh, to add to my peanut butter and jellies whenever I eat those. You mean like? You mean like? Add to the plate that your sandwich is on, right? Yes. You're not like putting that on your sandwich. No, I'm not okay. putting that in my sandwich. Right. Uh, I, I can't believe that you think that I'd be, you'd even you need to clarify that. You just said to add to my sandwich. Add to the meal okay. of my sandwich. Well, that's not what you said. You said add to the sandwich. And also, let me just remind you uh, nicely that pretzel rods and milk is not a regular <laughs> snack for people. <laughs> Listen, that is a home snack. That is my right as an American. <laughs> I'm not look. I'm not saying you're not right. I'm just saying it's out of the norms. And I was born in Canada. We snack differently up there. Okay. Sure. So but I'm if, sure even the people in Canada would would distance themselves from that. I don't know. I think that I would be in good company. That's okay. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, underneath those individual packets of chips. There will probably be something sweet. Okay. So not nut nutter butter bars have not been in there for a while. I would say that is the step that's too far. Or like an indi- yeah, individual like honey buns or yeah, some that's, kind of that's a step too far. That goes with my coffee no. sometimes in the morning. Or like a sugary pick me up in the middle of the day. But that's it's not a, it's not really a pick me up. It's really just it's a crash causing it's a, a crash. Rush. Yep. The in the middle drawer, I will then have. <laughs> so do you have any actual like files or like paper or pencils in your drawer? It's just, just all food. snacks. <laughs> in the second drawer, I will have granola bars. That is usually for my mornings when I don't have breakfast or uh-huh. I get to work or whatever. And I will have like a, uh, like right now it's the, it's the cashy, uh, fruit, um, granola bar. Okay. On the floor mm-hmm. next to my chair, this has been established. Right. I normally will have Gatorades right. individually, uh, for after wrapped. your warmups. <laughs> exactly after the suicides when I do, you run <laughs> when i do my uh my my 10 sit and squats in my office uh then, then i'll have gatorade now all of this all of that stuff is tucked away is either in a drawer or tucked away and i will normally not have like the sweet stuff that's that's normally if i like I cave walking through Harris Teeter. I will normally always have a, uh, some granola bars in the second drawer. So standard for me, granola bars, chips, 
maybe some bread for uh P B and J. Peanut butter for the P B and J. K cups. Gatorade. Mm. It's it's a lot. It's it's a lot. But does it make sense in the way that I framed it where no. it's saving me money on like buying extra stuff for lunch and needing to make myself like the peanut butter and jelly and wasting a a Ziploc well, bag and what all that I stuff. would ask is what do you need all of that food for? You sit in an I office all day. I just explained it. I would say you don't need that much food to work in an office all day. No, no. This is for the course of a month normally. Yeah, I am not, I'm this is, saying throughout the course of a day, you don't need that much food to get through an office job. No. So standard in my office, I come in the morning. I want some coffee. Okay. K-cup, coffee. Honey I bun. also Nut or butter. No, 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 no. Those are, again, those are normally not there. All right. Okay. So standard. Then I open up my drawer. I pull out a granola bar. We're good so far. Sure. Okay. Lunch comes around. I don't want to add to the plastic waste in our world. So all I need to do is walk into our break area, get a plate, get my uh, bread out, peanut butter, jelly. That's not enough to fill me up. So I reach down. I pull out a bag of chips. Okay. And then I grab a Gatorade. I would say replace the get Just get rid of the Gatorade and drink water instead. You don't need Gatorade. Okay. You're not a soccer player. <laughs> Justin, I need those electrolytes. You don't exactly. understand. Exactly. Typing all day wears me out, and only electrolytes will get me back up I to my uh, standard running. I think what you've actually speed. done here is established what the American food culture is. You're just talking about how there's no food culture in America. Exactly. I think this is it. It's a shame. It's a shame. It's a shame that it makes so much sense that I would have that kind of a spread in my office. Well, I would still argue it doesn't make much sense. I just I just walked you through a normal morning and lunch, and you just nodded your head as if it made perfect. Well, yeah, sense. because I don't because I've already told you that I don't agree with it. What else do you want me to say? I don't know what there's to disagree with. I just don't think you need that much food. So what should I eat for lunch? I mean, you can have a peanut butter sandwich for lunch. Okay, but I can't have chips. No. <laughs> I, am, I forgot who I was talking to. I forgot. I can't believe I forget. I keep forgetting. I will say this. This is what happened to me before. So I, when we, uh, we'll go to like Sam's club, like once a month to get the stuff that we like need in bulk. And when we're there, I'll oh, bulk. Do you really need bulk? Justin? Yeah, we, yeah, we do. I have okay. two kids. I'm sure. So I'll buy a bag of apples from Sam's club. I'll take them to work. And then I'll keep them in the refrigerator at work, right? I had, now I, I've done that a lot, right? I've done that like every month for a year or something. But one of those months, I was out for like an extended period of time, maybe like four or five days or maybe a whole week. Somebody took all of my apples took. out of the refrigerator, took the entire bag. I came back to work. I walked down to the the kitchen 
to grab my apple to go on my 11 o'clock walk and all of my apples are gone. Also, uh, after one of the um, parties we had over here, we had a bunch of leftover soda. Mm-hmm. So I took one of those, what are they, like 12 packs oh, or whatever they are? Yeah, I bet those. I put it in the kitchen and I put a sign on it that said, free, take one. Oh. Right? Free, take one. Take one whole pack. No. Somebody- take one soda. And I came back after like an hour and, and the entire thing was gone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I don't like to eat. I like my apples to be cold, so I have to keep them in the refrigerator. I can't just keep them in my office. Or else I would just keep them in my office like I do with everything else. Like I have raisins in my office, and I will have protein bars or like granola bars. Oh, look at you. Granola bars. Granola bars, some raisins, and and some apples. apples. Exactly. This is too much, Justin. Mm-hmm. You need to cut out. Uh, and I the have apple a, peels. a water bottle that I fill up with water. Oh, disgusting! Classic American excess. And then if I want a honey bun or something else, I'll go down to the vending machine and buy one. First off, those are that's expensive. That is way more expensive than just buying a pack. And saying this will last. But me if I have a pack a of honey buns in my office, I'm going to be eating way more honey buns than if I just limit myself limit myself to the vending machine yeah. whenever I have a craving. Sounds like a control issue. Maybe it is, I, but I don't necessarily uh, accept that coming from the guy with a box of honey buns in his office. I don't even have one in there. That was just an example. But whenever I see one, if I'm like, "Hey, I might want something sweet in the morning instead of just a." Kashi Instead bar. of this coffee I'm pouring sugar packets into. <laughs> no. Every coffee gets one sugar packet. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> listen. I made a mistake of bringing this to you. <laughs> I admit it. I'm ready, I'm ready to move on. Okay. And uh, I'll look for absolution <laughs> from somebody else. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably just going to announce it to my office tomorrow. And sure. Just, see, get, get honest with me. Oh, I will say this, though. I do the same thing where anytime I'm bringing anything into work, I do my best. Like I'm conscious of where I'm walking and which side you're holding. Someone is most likely to see me. And I will put the thing on the other side Mm -hmm. because I, no matter what it is, I just don't want somebody else to see it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I just, I just don't want it to be seen no matter what. (laughs) That's weird. I don't think that's weird. That's weird. Well, I just want people to mind their own business. Yeah, yeah, especially because (laughs) what you have in there are apples, maybe more raisins to dump into your raisin jar. Uh, Or what is the other thing? Some granola Granola bars. bars. Yeah. That we also buy in bulk from Sam's Club. A quiet place. Mm -hmm. Now... Initially, what got me thinking linking A Quiet Place to my least anticipated movies of the year is really before I started seeing the reaction, I wasn't terribly interested in this film. It's a it's a bad premise. It's it, a, it, 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 I don't know if it's a bad premise, but it very easily lends itself to thinking this is a bad premise. Yeah. Like, uh, I think 
but but again, some of the best films walk that shaky line of a bad premise. You're like, that sounds like it could be terrible. And then, you know, a, a good filmmaker actually pulls it out and you're like, oh, that right. was surprising. That was, that was good. And I think A Quiet Place, it was never something that I completely dismissed out of hand. That will come up soon on my list of least anticipated. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are valid reasons why, you know, based on whatever a tagline of a film or who's involved that can get me very like uninterested. Mm-hmm. This one, I think skated right by the middle. It was just like, yeah, maybe the best that that could be is like, like the gift. Remember when we saw yeah. that and the gift is like just a pleasant surprise of a film. Not going to blow your, your hair back, but it's going to be like, Oh, that was actually like a thoughtful, mm. more thoughtful film than I thought it was right. going to be. Um, and, and I think a quiet place acquitted itself very well. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, you know, it's not, you know, in my, again, immediately went home and ranked it. (laughs) It, uh, (laughs) and and, you know, it's, it's no kind of like, I remember around this time last year, get out came out and Uh get out. I saw, I thought immediately was, you know, one of the best films of the year. That's not how I felt about this, but I walked right. out being like, I'm glad I saw that in a theater. I'm glad I saw that with people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm and not glad I saw it with people. You're the one who picked our seats. Well, so. well, uh, well, I did pick our seats, but the people who sat next to us showed up after we had already picked our seats. I have to say that I was happy that you were buffering me from right. Her. Because that. This, this is, like I said before, on the horror movie podcast, part of the fun of seeing scary movies in theaters is seeing it with other people and their reactions. Mm-hmm. The problem I had with this woman next to us is that she first, so this movie, it hits like a moment where there's a lot of buildup and then it hits a moment. And we're talking about this afterwards where everything starts like going downhill, like sort of like the seal is broken and then it and then it just plays out right Mm -hmm. there's never sort of uh there's never sort of like a valley in the action after that right and which is great Mm -hmm. and it totally makes sense like you said because it's it's kind of like this thing where it's like once these creatures are there there's no going back and the the whole movie you know the trailers and everything is like you can't make a a noise right and then the first 20 or 30 minutes is all like oh you can't you have to be quiet right and i swear to you we're getting 30 40 minutes into this movie and the people next to me are going oh they have to be really quiet like they're just getting it right and so it's like okay but then once it starts this woman next to me is it starts to be genuinely scared. Mm-hmm. Not like I'm having fun at a horror movie scared. She's genuinely freaking out. Yep. And she continues to genu- genuinely freak out for the rest of the movie. She never stops being freaked out. Right. And so it's at that sort of level that I feel like if you're this scared by the movie, maybe you should have taken a pass. Right. Mm-hmm. Like she was scared. To the point of where, like, after that movie's over, they're probably having a serious 
uh, couple's conversation about what just happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> about why he brought her to this movie. Right. So that was a little One of the things that I just heard her say is, uh, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm not having fun. Exactly. I'm scared. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So that was not great. Didn't ruin the movie for me. Yeah. But it wasn't great. Right. Yeah. I, I guess that's the bad side of the crowd interaction. Mm-hmm. I think one of the problems is I this movie did well, did really well. I was kind of surprised our our uh, theater was a little sparse. Yeah. It was and, also a big theater, though. Yeah, it was a bigger theater. I feel like sometimes the more full the theater then the better behaved people are like that. Cause I think you have more people who are going to be like, Hey, sh- shut mm-hmm. up or whatever. But in this one, there's just enough room where again, like for me, I only heard maybe 20% of what she was whispering. If anything, I just maybe heard a mild noise from that yeah. way. But I think enough people were far enough away that she probably wasn't enough to be like, Hey, shut it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, uh, the other thing that I wanted to comment on, again, going back to our horror discussion, is I feel like in, in horror films, there, number one, there's a lot of horror films made and a lot of bad horror films. And some of the worst ones are the most generic, you know, the Grudge remake mm-hmm. or whatever else. You know, I'll, I'll even put in like Lights Out that I talked about last week in there. Yeah. Just like these kind of, you know, Lots of teenagers, maybe a scary image or idea that is then just played out against like the blandest kind of story possible. But those tend to get a lot of, you know, people in seats because they see maybe that scary image and like, oh, that looks great. I'll go see that. Right. Then you have a level of horror that I think. I don't know what it is, if there's enough signifiers that just people will straight up opt out of. Mm -hmm. You know, and that is kind of like in my book, like the real kind of horror stuff, the scary stuff. Um, There's a movie coming out that I'm really looking forward to called uh, Hereditary. Yeah. And that trailer played before and we had in front of us like three bros. Yeah. uh, Who are like on their phone constantly before the movie. I was nervous about them. I thought they could quickly check out especially of a film that was silent and just couldn't wouldn't be able to stop themselves from just talking during Mm it but this trailer for hereditary comes out and it's just genuinely creepy yeah it's got like a creepy looking girl in it and the imagery is really kind of creepy and it just has a darker feel where you know like this isn't like grudge where like a hand comes out of the back of somebody's head in a shower mm-hmm. or just something that is like shocking in the moment but again you can kind of get the sense that it plays out in a very generic kind of feeling film or or storyline right. and the first thing i heard from them after is i'm not seeing that <laughs> i'm definitely not seeing that i don't want to see that you know yeah and i was like whether they know it or not i think that they're reacting to like being presented with something truly horrible, horrifying right? versus again, what a quiet place feels like, which is a little more inviting of like, Hey, come on in. It will be scary, but fun. Like, well, you know, John Krasinski, I think, I don't know, maybe it's just cause he's in it, but there's something about the trailer that I find more inviting as a horror film. Mm-hmm. 
than something like Hereditary. Like I would want somebody to watch both trailers and then give me feedback on like, yeah, Hereditary. I'm gonna stay away from that. Yeah. I don't want to even recognize that that exists in this world. A Quiet Place looks like fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't really have a question there. Yeah. No, I, I think A Quiet Place is more. Uh, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's more generic, I guess. Not in a bad way, but it just is, it's more of a, it's, yeah, it's, it's just more inviting than Hereditary is. Right. Or like The Witch. Right. And right? I don't know if that's just because there's like stars in it. Like, oh, the guy from The Office. Or if it's something about the way that, I don't know, like Hereditary, again, feels like we're, we're going to, we're going to deal with some stuff. Yeah. Like this is going to be a little challenging whereas a quiet place looks like this is going to be a ride yeah and that's kind of what i took away from it too is it's not like uh, i can't remember what i was comparing it to in my mind afterwards but it's it's not it's not uh it's not i didn't feel like it was trying to say anything just felt like we're just going to make a good scary movie yeah and I've, and that's to me what what it was in the um. Would I, you? Is it a horror movie? Yeah, I guess. Or is it like I a think so in a movie. traditional way? Yeah, because yeah. it's got monsters in it. Mm. Um, when I think of suspense, I think of more just like someone's like lost their mind. Really? Yeah. Like, the hand that rocks the cradle. <laughs> <laughs> which I've never seen. I, that I was, was just say. that in my mind when I think suspense movie, that's what comes. You know, to, it's so funny. The first thing that came to my mind was he hasn't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking about. Uh, for me, this is the prime example of why rotten tomatoes, rotten tomatoes like aggregators don't work. Because this movie now famously has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right. or whatever. I'm sure that's like down to 99 or whatever yeah. now. But it's like the, t- the, 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 the prime example of it has that high of a rating, not because it's a perfect movie, but because it's a like solid B+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And everyone is like, yeah, this movie's all right. Yeah. So it gets the fresh rating or whatever. Yeah. But it doesn't like for me. It doesn't like transcend or anything, or doesn't like. It just is like a really solid horror movie. It's to me, fun to watch. It's, yeah. It doesn't slow down. It doesn't get bogged down. There's like there's a couple of things that I didn't care for that we can talk about. But for the most part, from the beginning to end, it mm-hmm. just does what it, it does. It does its job. Yeah, I would completely agree. You know, so before we get into more specifics, I would say like absolutely recommend like it's just it's exactly that it's a perfect b plus movie that you're gonna go and have a really good time with especially if the right people are around you probably yeah um and yeah maybe there are a few things i'd like to talk to you about i'd I'd like to get your your nits Mm -hmm. on this on this film um but yeah I, i i don't i find it so interesting like i was talking to somebody else on Sunday and this idea of the rotten tomatoes scale kind of came up and they were saying how they like will not see a movie that is not fresh or like above 70% on rotten tomatoes Mm -hmm. as a sign of like quality. Like that's, that's quality. And I was like, that's 
generic. That's that is like this is food is edible. Right. You know, 80 yeah. percent of people said this food's edible. But for the exciting stuff, a lot of times you have to take a chance like mm-hmm. that. That to me seems true in all of life. But somehow people separate that in entertainment in a way that I find so bizarre. But I, I get that a lot. Like even Chris, our our friend is like a big Rotten Tomatoes, like Rotten Tomatoes is the Bible. Right. And he like does not understand when a when a film he likes is rotten and he is blown away when a highly viewed movie is not perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I mean, the whole point is that you have a perspective that might make certain movies appealing to you when they like venture into your interest, other people won't like, which again should be like, an exciting thing right. should make you maybe want to watch the 30% Rotten Tomatoes film. Uh, and the vice versa is true, but yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it still surprises me at how people take Rotten Tomatoes as a, not just, again, it's saying it's fresh. And if something's fresh, it doesn't mean that it's perfect. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I think to me, it should, it should be just like a curiosity. It should just be sort of like uh like you're just like tipping your you're just like dipping your toe into the water mm-hmm. to see like oh, okay this is the a general idea of how this is being received yeah well I I still use it to find the critics that I that I like to read right you scroll down but you still I look for like the three or four writers that I really like and click on their review Ron mm-hmm. Tomatoes is good for that um but anyway so about the film A Quiet Place yeah. Uh, so I guess now I want to go, let's go bad things. Okay. What, what is one of the biggest kind of, uh, uh, nits that so, you have to pick with this thing? Okay. So for me, the, the worst thing about the movie, the only actual problem I have with the movie that I can't brush off as just being nitpicky is John Krasinski dying is really that's it not even the end like i didn't mind the end but just like him dying i didn't feel like was justified or earned i felt like it was more of a um it felt like awards baity like Mm. i know this is an awards movie right but it just felt like a sort of given Right, like you knew this, this was going to happen. This is what this has film. to happen to mm-hmm. this character because that's what happens in movies, and it didn't feel like he was outsmarted or overpowered or sort of like um, had been like worked into a corner that he couldn't get out of. Yeah, you know what I mean. It just really felt like a this is the moment where this person has to die, and I think. And, you know, I like the movie. I just didn't, I just, I think I probably would have liked it a lot more if they had either figured that out in a way that where it did, where we're almost, where, where his death started to seem inevitable in a good way. You know what I mean? Instead of a way where it's like, well, I know what they're, this is just like a movie thing they're doing. Or if they would have found a way for him to just survive until the end. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think I largely agree. I think my my problem probably comes down to what you said, where you build out a universe, you build out 
somebody who has figured out this universe. Like they kind of put sand along all the paths that they travel Mm -hmm. so that they don't make noise. They've painted where you can step, Mm -hmm. you know, in a house so it won't creak. Um, And then to have him following those rules and have that lead to his death feels a little bit like, well, uh, why, why did he have to, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'd probably agree, agree with that. Um, I, I think, I think probably the bigger, uh, problem is exactly what he said is it does it did feel like we're following this equation we've gotten to the point where a character dies who is it it's him right you know and we're going to also try and make this the emotional crux of the film right which did not land in the way it wasn't bad but definitely didn't like carry the weight yeah exactly the moment yeah like you were supposed to and i think actually I made a joke about this after the movie was over, but I think actually if they would have just filmed that whole sequence from like the daughter's perspective and everything was silent, it may have been more effective. Yeah. Instead of just it playing out like a normal movie and then hearing him have to yell or yes. whatever. But I feel like it probably it might have been more effective to just have it from his daughter's perspective. No, no, I it's completely I, silent. I a hundred percent agree with that. I think the 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 problem with silence too is it just causes you to overanalyze sounds that you're given in the film a lot of times. And so like his yell, that's, you know, there's one other point where he yells behind a waterfall, but no character has been that loud in a long time in the film. And when you hear him yell, and again, I like his decision too. It's not like his voice cracks. Like, yeah, it's, it's not the yell of a guy who's yelled in a while, but to hear him yell like that is kind of takes you out of the moment a little bit. Yeah. Um, to, to me, I, I couldn't help it. And I do feel like you, it, you would have been better served from his, you know, to see from his star's perspective. Who's, right. Who's deaf where it's totally silent and it would have been, I feel like a little more unexpected because you're not hearing anything. So, you know, yeah. you have the opportunity to have the creature, you know, take him out either sooner in the moment than when it when it happens uh and also so 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 we'll so now we'll get into like the actual nitpicks which you mentioned this after the movie was over why didn't they just live by the waterfall (laughs) (laughs) if the creatures can't hear anything you're doing because the waterfall is so loud just live in the waterfall or by the waterfall someone on reddit put it uh put it as you live in a van down by the river. You know what I mean? Right. Or maybe more practically speaking, and I feel like this could be, maybe it should have just been addressed a little bit better in the movie. If he's got this huge PA system set up, rigged up, why aren't they just playing white noise on these speakers all the time to keep the things away? Or to have it set up to rig like when the emergency lights get turned on, some sort of white noise starts playing from the speakers just to keep them distracted. Maybe it's not a permanent solution, but it's enough of a solution to give them time to huddle up and do whatever. Yeah. Also, sorry, do you have something to say about that specifically? I, I do. I'll circle back on it. Um, also, I feel like 
and I guess you could go either way on this. I feel like if you're building a soundproof room for your baby to, for your newborn baby to live in that you know is going to be noisy, maybe you're going to test out the soundproofness of that room before the baby's born. Mm-hmm. So you're not rushing a baby down there surrounded by creatures and then realizing an hour later, oh, they actually can't hear us down here. Like Thank what happens God. if you get down <laughs> there God. and they can still hear you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Which, I mean, again, you could be like, well, you know, the the you look at the opposite of that where they do test it out and it doesn't work. And then they're just trapped down there and they die anyways. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but I feel like, you know, that's a little bit again. It's a nitpick. Right. So now now for for my nitpicks, which dovetail with yours i think number one his time seemed vastly mismanaged he you know keeps trying to build these uh hearing aids to help his daughter hear but apparently they just never work and he ends up locking into one that actually ends up helping repel right they create some frequency that just yes. is there they just can't handle but that is totally by luck right and the few times that you see his whiteboard of like <laughs> right. what he's learned about these things yeah it's literally like armor is written on one and then <laughs> armor, practically yeah. on the other one it's like alien side they have armor human side don't have armor right. you know and then it's like on the other side sharp teeth humans we have dull teeth like how are we ever gonna overcome these yeah. everything they have we don't have you know and uh i i just felt like one yeah go live somewhere noisy number two dig start digging yeah where's your deep hole right that you can go to that will muffle all the sounds right you don't just in your shed have a little extra room that you put a a mattress over mm-hmm. and that's your soundproof room yeah i you know i was just like i would instead have really devoted almost all of my time to a elaborate tunnel system right you know that we can go to and hide in and you know like you said too Maybe a better defense. Now, mm-hmm. having said that, cinematically, what he has looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, to to have the the Christmas lights that then you could flip to red to right. signify danger right. is a great visual image. I mean, yeah. it it films beautifully. Yeah, the movie looks great. And for when they attack to have like uh fireworks to go off, mm-hmm. great and again looks amazing it looks great just when he's running through the field and the fireworks in the background so you can see that they made their decision cinematically yeah they didn't necessarily make them you know realistically mm-hmm. um and so I, I i found that to be kind of like the other thing too is the aliens great design yeah. i loved the, the the design of the aliens especially after seeing a string of sci-fi films where I felt like the aliens were an afterthought. Like that movie Life that I saw a year or two ago where mm-hmm. the alien just was stupid. This one looks great. But when their soundproof room floods and the thing is down there, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I just all of a sudden it goes underwater. Right. Like these things have never shown an aptitude yeah. for like water or swimming. Yeah. And it's purely for the image of this thing disappearing exactly. in the water, her needing to stand in the water. And then I love that when it comes back out, it's traveled like three feet. <laughs> like, what's it doing down there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Why would it choose It would have been go, faster just to walk across. <laughs> just take your step above water. Yeah. That was definitely a moment that was like made to be like an oh shit moment. Exactly. But for whatever reason, it just didn't play quite right. Well, it felt a little off. I, well, again, because I feel like the room that they're in is really constrained, yeah. which again, yeah. you think that's going to be like, oh no. But then you're like, wait, what's it doing under there? Like literally yeah. all it has to do is go under and reach out its hand. And it's going to grab her. Yeah. So apparently it's like in a ball <laughs> and then when it just like kind of rolls over and then stands up. You know, again, these are nitpicks because I think overall as a ride, it's great. As soon as you start like picking it apart, of course, it doesn't hold up. Yeah. But in terms of what it is, and I think I think it is helped by the fact that it's not saying anything, you know? Yeah. It's just trying to be a fun ride. If it was trying to say something specifically about whatever survival or whatever right. else then then you might sit there and be like yeah what an idiot but I, I i think that you really have to go in with a chip on your shoulder to probably not enjoy that ride yeah uh because it doesn't call attention to itself in that way yeah and what i also really liked about the aliens is that there is no attempt to explain what they are where they're from even that they're aliens like, we're just saying that because it's an assumption, right? Because you're just assuming that right. something like this doesn't exist on Earth. But I really like that it is just, this is just a story being told in this universe, in this setting, and we're not interested in exploring why or how any of this has happened. Yeah. We're just interested in telling you the story of this family, and everything else is just there. As my final. <laughs> final point of of uh nitpickery um every headline in this film <laughs> is hilarious yeah. to me the yeah. first one is when they're coming out of the uh, store that they're in in the beginning right and you see this like newspaper flapping in the breeze and like the headline is like it's sound right. in like all cats yeah. like exclamation points and then there's a scene where he's like working on again her hearing aid or something mm -hmm. and he's looking for like his notebook and it's buried in a sea of headlines yeah which again you think okay here's a guy who's like researching things and trying to learn all he can and it's literally like 50 cutouts and every headline is pretty much the same thing it's sound, right. sound, don't make sound. And I wanted to be like, so I guess like these things took over in the matter of like a week where yeah. like no one could advance on exactly. their headline of it's sound. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, that is a bit of a nitpick because, you know, as soon as the military real or anybody realizes that these things only respond to sound, sound is going to be weaponized pretty quickly. 
It's not going to be like, well, there's nothing we can do but stay really quiet for the rest right. of our lives. <laughs> People are going to figure out what sounds are going to yeah. set these things off. Yeah, that, that, that's the biggest thing, which is the fact that there's no way this type of uh, invasion species would take over the world in the way that right. it did. I mean, if something can hear really well, my first thought is going to be, can I make a noise so loud that it drives it crazy? Right. I mean, it's like a dog whistle, right? Not in the bad sense. Yes. <laughs> right? But like, you know, dog whistles that we use that humans cannot hear, but it drives dogs crazy. Exactly. I, like, I, I would think that that would be pretty up there as the first things to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so the the fact that no these things literally wiped out everybody uh is a little unbelievable especially when you see how they react to this girl's hearing aid <laughs> right. which apparently yeah. just drives them to the point of right. suicide. Yeah. Um I also liked speaking of the whiteboard that on the whiteboard he has how many question mark 3 and it's like boxed in and I like that um, at the end you see that he was way super wrong about there only being three. <laughs> yeah. Like, I do. I want to know, like, how did he come about his data? Exactly. It really seems like, you know, he saw one one time and then made exactly. all those assumptions and read the same article written by 300 different people. And basically came up with his little list. I mean, the board has three things on it. You know, <laughs> you, you would think that he would somehow, you know, study these things a little more or, you know. Uh, yeah. Again, big picture doesn't hold up. But as a ride and for what it is, just just go and have fun with it. It's it's great. Yeah. I have two more nitpicks. Well, I have one nitpick. And one question that I still don't know the answer to. Okay. I mean, I guess I can assume the answer, but I want to know why there's no doors. And I guess you could just say because closing a door makes noise. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I feel like that is more of a compromise to make the movie scarier than it is we're trying to stay quiet. But I mean, I could see it. I can see it both ways. Mm -hmm. Like I have no problem quietly closing a door. <laughs> right but whatever uh and then my other one is something that i feel is justified to sort of set the tone for the movie and to um sort of uh give the audience like sort of put the audience on edge in terms of stakes is that there's no way in this world that a family is walking single file back to their house with the mother and fa father at the front of right. the line right. and a five-year-old at the end of the line, yeah. right? The mother or the father are going to be at the end of that yes. line and the other is going to be at the front of the line, Yeah, which, you know, like I said, I get it. I understand why they did it and it sets the tone for the movie yeah. and that's fine, but it really doesn't make any sense. It, 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 that really doesn't make sense. And if you go back, this also stood out to me. John Krasinski runs the length between him and his boy about three different times in the space of his one run. <laughs> like they spaced them out way too right. far because <laughs> yeah. he sprints for a long time yeah. towards his son and he's still like, 15 feet away yeah. when his son gets taken. I mean, 
that 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 space was way too far. Yeah. Um, but no, I I thought that too. I was like, yeah, you don't leave your five year old be exactly. like, he knows the sand path. Like he'll be fine. Yeah, which they do. I think they reckon with that a little bit when they have the scene where she's talking about thinking about him and how someone should have been carrying him and blah blah blah. But you know. yeah, uh, okay. Last thing I'll say. I thought especially the child actors were great. Yeah, I thought the the little boy mm-hmm. um, did a whole lot, and uh, the girl um, who's in a movie I still want to see from last year called Wonderstruck. Mm-hmm. I thought she did amazing. And I also like the fact that this film thinks of other ways to scare you. Like, I think I made the made the comment that one reason why I like that once things start to go bad, they never stop until right. the end of the film is that if they did stop and then you had to have another thing happen, basically the way to instigate any action in this movie, somebody has to make a noise. Mm-hmm. So what? It's just like, they kick over a lantern and next time they like kick over a rake and then they drop a glass. Like mm-hmm. you can't just reiterate the same right. instigating, you know, issue. Yeah. Um, but at the same time in this narrative, he brings in like a silo uh, that brings a whole other mm-hmm. element of like terror to it, which is this terror being suffocated. And you know, that stuff that has happened before, like, it's easy for somebody to to uh to um be suffocated in like a grain silo right. if they fall in. Um I thought like that whole sequence was done really well. And so I like that he found ways to vary the scares, which again, going back to a standard horror film, a lot of times they have a scary image and that's what you get for the whole film. It's just the same scary yeah. image in different settings again and again and again and then roll credits. But he was thinking about you know, visually how to represent this world, which again, we've agreed looks great. Mm -hmm. He thought about the creature design and then he also thought, how else can I, you know, scare people within this narrative? Um, And I think he found a good way of doing that too. So Mm -hmm. yeah, great film. Highly recommended. Don't think about it too hard. Great. I wouldn't say great. For what it is. It's a good movie. It's for what is it? it, it for what it is, is it a good movie? I think by but, definition for what it is, it can never be great. I'm going to put you on the spot. In order to be great, it has to be more than what it is. Five star film out of five, star, uh, five stars, what is this film? I would give this a three and a half stars out of five stars, which I'll say is a perfect score for the type of movie that it is. This movie could never be more than a three and a half star movie. I'd go four. So you'd put this on the same level as Annihilation. Annihilation got four and a half. Well, it initially got four. I upped it because it stuck with me after a few days. Okay, so you'd put this on the same level as... Another four star film, yeah. Okay. I mean, it, your, your, your rating system is getting too top heavy. There's no delineation between good and great. Everything is just great. I'll give you that four right. stars is a great movie, but I don't it's, think this movie okay. is capable of it's being great. very good. Okay. Okay. It is the perfect good movie. Perfect good movie. I can live with that. All right. So are you going to take it down to three and a half stars? <laughs> Maybe. 
Sure. Okay, so let's talk about some movies that are guaranteed to not be stinkers. Be good slash very good slash perfectly good <laughs> slash great. The, I will say there there's no way that any of these are going to get three and a half stars. Okay. And I feel very confident saying that. And uh, I'm going to pick one out of this list that will get three and a half stars. It's impossible. So <clears throat> I broke it up by um, films that I haven't seen anything about. Mm-hmm. No trailer. All I know is, you know, what I've read about names. it or names or whatever. Um, and <clears throat> movies that have like a trailer out. So I can base that off of something. Uh-huh. Um, so at least got on me about this too. I tend to, I guess I tend to start with like my best of lists. I'll just start with the best mm-hmm. and work my way down. And at least two is like, why do you do that? And you, I, I feel like sometimes are surprised when I do that. Well, too. no, I think there just needs to be a, a definite, I think there needs to be a, a order established. Okay. I just want to know right, what so you're yeah. starting with. All right. So I'm going to start with the, with the least anticipated film. Right. Okay. And then. Work, work your way down to somewhat and maybe anticipated. Maybe. No, all of these are not. <laughs> okay. I, I've restricted myself to, I don't want to see any of these films. Okay. But I do like that. I think that there's a variation that we might be able to explore why. Like okay. all the different things that go into making a bad movie bad. Number one, The Grinch. They're remaking The Grinch again. What? It's animated. It's I am. Benedict. Cumberbatch as the Grinch. Yeah. Which, again, I'm... That is your least anticipated movie out of all of these. We're we're talking about degrees here. We're we're, we're talking about... Yeah, but you very specifically just said this is number one on the list. This is number one on the list because it's been done so many times before. Not only has the Grinch been done, but there have been variations on the Grinch done it's dead. The, the story is dead. We don't need Benedict Cumberbatch. We don't need like a uh, Robin Williams impersonator to do the Grinch. We don't need anybody else to do the Grinch. It's done. Read the book. Watch the original animated. Mm-hmm. Watch the Jim Carrey one. I don't care. But don't, don't make another Grinch. Okay. I'm done with it. All it's, right. it. It is my least favorite because I think it is the ultimate. The story's dead. Let it go. Okay. I understand kids might feel differently and that's a kid oriented. Sure. Film, but I'm just giving you my okay. list. Alpha. I don't know what that is. Uh, after a hunting expedition goes awry, a young caveman struggles against the elements to find his way home. And he makes friends with a wolf. Who's it made by? Uh, it's made by that. Yeah, that's the other thing. Now, these should be like fairly notable movies, right? We're not yeah. talking about like straight to DVD the, stuff. Right. This is made by Albert Hughes, who did From Hell, The Book of Eli, Menace to Society, Dead Presence. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the thing that 
annoys me about this is it's caveman and then it looks like cg to within an inch of its life yeah it looks like everything has been filmed like on a green screen to give it that kind of like polished flair right but it's like you're telling the story of a caveman just like cinema verite it i don't know grab yeah. the camera go out there in the desert mad max it yeah. you know um but instead it, it it looks like a uh uh, like a green screened action. I'd rather watch the Grinch than that. Okay. Rampage with the rock. Okay. I'm with you. I'd rather watch the Grinch <laughs> than that. <laughs> Have you seen? Oh, oh crap. That breaks my, um, you know, I haven't seen the trailer. I don't want to see the trailer. For Rampage? For Rampage. Mm-hmm. I have seen the trailer. Have you seen the I've trailer? I've seen, I've at least seen parts of it. Okay. I think it played before, it played before something we just saw in the theater, Julia and I. I can't remember what it was though. Um, I feel like The the Rock is hitting like a, I think he is overstaying his welcome, generally speaking. But especially around like the Fast and Furious movies, which I'm glad that I don't have to contend with one of those films. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody say this. I can't remember where or who, but they're basically like the Fast franchise is basically the way that like out of touch film critics can prove that they're like of the people. Yeah, You know, mm-hmm. it, it again is like uh, there's just a WrestleMania on, I guess, you know, last night or something. I don't begrudge somebody from liking WrestleMania, but when you're my age and you're just tweeting about it nonstop, where mm-hmm. every time I was like, who are you trying to convince? Buddy? Exactly. Like, I get it. You like WrestleMania. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. But you don't have to sit there and be like, I can't believe that. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's how I feel about the rampage rampage and the rock. Just, he needs to chill out. Yeah. You know, and you can't just make any piece of crap. Right. And throw it out there and be like, right. people yeah. like it. Put yeah. me in a Rampage movie. I yeah. don't care. The biggest problem with The Rock and the biggest difference between like The Rock and um, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like 80s action stars, is that we've gotten to a place in our culture where like people can get to the point where they're like too big to fail. And The Rock at this point is too big to fail. Mm-hmm. He's got movies. He's got his Instagram. He's got all of the TV appearances. He just is everywhere. And it's like, no matter what he does, he's never going to have a end of days, which correction, I called end of times. He's never going to have a movie. That's like, Oh, this is the end of the rock. I mean, I guess he will eventually, but it's going to be way longer yes. than what Schwarzenegger's career. I, was. I would argue that I think the difference, cause you just got me thinking about this is like the rock has been memefied. Yeah. It's almost like the Chuck Norris meme, which is just like, Chuck Norris is where, and it's like, people don't even know Chuck Norris is. They right. just want to participate, right? Same thing with like The Rock. It's just like a critical mass of people have been like, The Rock. And everyone's just like, The Rock, you know? Yeah. And anything they do, people are like, oh man, The Rock's in it. And uh, he, he, uh, has he made a good movie? I mean, it's just. The Rock sucks. Sand. Andreas, like hey, Walking Tall, just, wasn't bad. I don't think. Yeah, but that was way yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, this should probably be 
below the Moana Grinch. was good, but Rock was bad in Moana. <laughs> and I stand by that. I stand by that. Okay, listen, I, I will agree that maybe the Grinch, again, having not seen the trailer or whatever, <laughs> maybe I'm overreacting to the Grinch just because I think that I still stand by the story's dead. Sure. And it belongs on this list. But yeah, maybe like this other one is probably <laughs> worst. This is the exact problem with ranking movies, with ranking things, period. No, if I give it more time, then I'm proud of it. I have a, a bunch of rankings on Larabox, obviously, that I stand by. Anyway, The Darkest Minds, which was a trailer that we watched okay. before uh, A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place. And you leaned over, you're like, is this an X Men movie? I was like, yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's an X Men movie. Oh, right, the mutant movie. The mutant movie. It's not an X-Men movie. <laughs> it is it is teenager. But it is proud. an X-Men it's movie. It's an X-Men yeah. movie. And it's amazing to me that we've gotten to the point where like people are just ripping off of other like properties. Mm-hmm. But then those properties aren't even good. When was the last good X-Men movie you saw? The X-Men movies are not bringing in money. And now all of a sudden, and I think it's 20th Century Fox who does X-Men. They're like, crap, our X-Men movies aren't doing well. What we got? <laughs> Uh, we got an X-Men movie that's not an X-Men movie. Make that. <laughs> right. Yes. We just need more X-Men. Right. Uh, we need to push through critical mass, and then we'll come back around. Yeah. Um, that movie looks terrible. Yeah. I, I don't even watch a trailer. I don't even know what it's about. Yeah. That looks like a straight-to-DVD movie. Yep. <clears throat> the next is a horror film that falls into like the generic category, category again. Like It's called Polaroid. Mm-hmm. And again, what a ghost appears in Polaroid picture. Like, I think that really is. Oh, the, really? Yeah. <laughs> you have to take a Polaroid of it for it to appear. Yeah. And I think solely because somebody had the, had the idea of like, you shake a Polaroid and the ghost slowly starts to come <laughs> out. Like they basically just wanted an image of somebody yeah. shaking a Polaroid. They're like, make a horror movie around yeah. that. Go. Just like the truth or dare, um, right. horror movie that we saw before yeah. a quiet place. Um, uh, a movie called Mercy with, okay. um, what's his name? Uh, Colin Firth. Directed by James Marsh. Yeah, who I kind of like. This is based off of one of my favorite um, documentaries mm-hmm. of all time. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't remember my favorite documentary of all time now. <laughs> Um, but, uh, mercy is about, uh, it's the story of the guy who tries to get in on a sailing around the world competition. He's not a sailor Mm -hmm. and, you know, he ends up kind of going off course and then trying to cheat his way back into the race Mm -hmm. at the end. And, um, the documentary is amazing. Yeah. And now they're making very generic looking narrative film based off of a brilliant documentary. Mm-hmm. We have the documentary. I don't need to see Colin Firth as this guy. I don't need any more insights that the documentary failed to provide me. Right. You know, why are you making a film based on a great documentary? You know, why would anybody try to accomplish that feat? I got a brilliant idea. Let's make a film based off of, a great film and let's try and make it great. It's like Gus Van Sant remaking psycho. Mm -hmm. Why would you do that? 
why would you, you know? Shot for shot. Shot for shot. Who needs that? Yeah. It's basically like you're calling your failure. (laughs) Hey, watch how bad of a director I am. I'm going to remake that great (laughs) film. I'm going to make it suck. You know? Yeah. Um, Beirut with John Hamm, um, Roseman Pike, Dean Norris. Maybe I'll be wrong, but this is a former U.S. diplomat returns to service in order to save a former colleague in Beirut. I kind of feel bad for John Hamm because he had such big success with Mad Men, but I think he's not a good actor. I kind of agree. Yeah. And Beirut seems like it's kind of like the overstuffed political like action movie that's just like way too serious for its own good. Yeah. But also wants to be like people pleasing, but also wants to like be politically meaningful. And all of those films I end up despising <laughs> because they general they, they they generally cannot juggle all the balls they try and toss up in the air so there's like a kingdom with uh jamie fox i think like <clears throat> any kind of politically relevant action movie i, I tend to um uh, hate yeah and this seems like another all right we're getting to the end of my list i'll breeze through these last few this was one that i another movie i just became aware of before a quiet place and that is tag Oh my god! Oh my god! I laughed at a joke at the very beginning of that trailer, and then once five seconds later, when I saw what it was, I felt like such an idiot for ever laughing at that joke. Oh man, that looks so bad. That should be the trailer where they actually make one legit joke, and at the end, be like, "You laughed at a joke in a movie called Tag. You're an idiot." Yeah, the story of friends who have a lifetime game of tag going and they want to tag the one friend who's never been tagged. Uh, That movie makes me want to boycott movies for the rest of the year. Yeah, I would. I'd kind of agree with you. A Star is Born. (laughs) That sounds like some generic Disney pick me up movie directed by bradley cooper oh my god a movie star right i don't even need to read anymore no a movie star that's it helps a young singer actress find fame even as age and alcoholism send his own career into a downward spiral and when people say like you know at, at the year end I always hear like people be like, oh man, this is a tough year for Paramount. You know, blah, 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 flop, blah, 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 flopped. And I just want to think like, who saw Bradley Cooper directing A Star is Born and thought, whatever he needs, you get that guy as big a budget as he needs. Yeah. And who are we kidding when we think like a movie star on his way down propels a young singer? Uh, on her way up. And the other thing too that got me was the writer. Which again I always look at. Um, wow. Apparently it's been written. By a bunch of people. 
Um, but the writer that I saw who did the screenplay, Will Fetters, his filmography is The Best of Me, The Lucky One, Remember Me. Remember mm-hmm. Me is the uh, Nicholas Sparks movie where like the love interest goes off to die in 9-11. <laughs> That's the <laughs> twist at the end of the movie. And like this guy basically writes like Nicholas Sparks movies. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you put Bradley Cooper right. in a vehicle of a guy who writes Nicholas Sparks movie and look out. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, the, the, the last two I want to mention, Aquaman. It's just stupid. Yeah. And the last one, this kind of goes back to my, to my other point. Um, it's Robin Hood. I didn't know they're making another Robin Hood movie. They're making another Robin Hood movie. And just to prove my point of what is wrong with remaking a Robin Hood movie, here's the, um, here's the, the, the tagline of Robin Hood. Uh, now I can't find it. Um, IMDb just says a gritty take on the classic Robin Hood story. But the tagline that I read from somewhere, I thought it was on IMDb. Maybe they went back and changed it because they knew I was going to record this. But it's like a gritty Robin Hood take with killer choreography Mm. and, you know, battle sequences. And I'm just like, you know, who needs another? Like, we, we got killer choreography. How are we ever going to put that into a film? I know Robin Hood. He'd be great with that roundhouse kick. You know, I mean, to build a movie around killer choreography or whatever. Like to me, that's not like Robin Hood doesn't seem like the best way to reinvent that. Yeah. You know, uh, Hey, not a, well, I guess we're doing like action scenes or whatever. Right. I got I got some great choreography. I don't know what to do with it. Robin Hood. Yeah. That's the perfect character for your choreography. I would say that story needs to be retold less than the Grinch does. I am surprised at your defense of the Grinch. <laughs> I, well, I mean, look, you like set a precedent by putting it at number one. Listen. And I made it my goal. To rank it above every single one yeah. of these other movies. That's the only thing that's fueled you for this. It's just to be like, listen, Keith, after your whole list, I think The Grinch is going to be a five-star movie, okay? Right. The Grinch is my three-and-a-half-star prediction. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, I've got two movies I want to add to the list. Death Wish. The Eli Roth remake. Oh, Death that already Wish. came out. Yeah. Oh, did it already come out? Well, that that that's how I broke up my list. Like, what has not come out yet, and then what oh, has yeah, come out? Second. Okay. Well, while we're speaking of what has already come out, because I took off like a Wrinkle in Time, right. which looks like a disaster. But Sherlock like, Gnomes. That's out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, that should have been. If if we're combining, I would imagine that would have to be number one. Yeah. No, I I. I despise uh, that movie. Okay, and here's a movie. I don't think it's come out yet. I don't know if you've seen anything about it. Jason Sudeikis has a new Netflix movie coming out called Kodachrome. 
Have you seen the trailer for it? No. That movie looks terrible to me. Is it a serious? Uh, yes. It's about Jason him. Sturgis. He's some guy and his dad is like a famous writer, but he's like a notorious asshole, but he's dying. And so they have to do like a cross country trip and he does it with his girlfriend and it hits like every single point that you would expect it to hit. Uh, just from that description, at least in the trailer, you can see they're doing all that. Right. But it stars Jason Sudeikis. So if that story, another story that I feel like probably doesn't need to be retold again, is that type of story. Yeah, I would agree. Starring Jason Sudeikis, who is terrible, by the way. Yeah, I, I feel bad for that guy. I feel like he just wakes up and is like, today is my hit. And he just keeps <laughs> making just. See, I feel movie. like he's the guy where they're like, listen, we just need a generic white guy who's going to be completely acceptable. He's <laughs> not going to tank the film and he's not going to like lift it up. Just get us an absolutely regular white guy. And they call Jason Sudeikis and he's just like, all right, <laughs> I got it. I got nothing else to do. I can do this. Yeah, I'd agree. So, yep, there it is. Okay. Do you want to talk about uh, the what's it called? The problem with the poo? Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, the problem with a poo. Or um, we could save it for when you see Isle of Dogs. We're already at an hour and fifteen minutes. It's up to you. Uh, yeah, if we're at an hour fifteen, because I do, I really do want to talk about it. Okay. Like, cause I really want to try and understand all my feelings about cultural appropriation. Okay. 